0: Well, we're back with you on a Tuesday. The band is back together. You're listening to the penultimate offseason episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Good to be back with you on a Tuesday. I'm Kyle. Good to be back. Joining me as always. And he held down the fort last Tuesday. It is Stephen Strom. Uh, Good to see you, partner. How you doing?
1: man it's good it's great to see you uh what a vacation you must have had we've got a lot to get into some great guests on the lineup show um so i'm very excited about tonight's show and it's getting closer and closer i know it's going to be a repetitive theme we've got a busy busy week with media day and fan fest so it's uh it's coming it's coming quick and i'm very excited about it i think i saw yesterday there were 66 days until opening day maybe something like that
0: so now it's down to 65 we're in the ballpark we're uh we're we're in the zip code. You can feel yep. it. It's coming quickly. Um, and I've always felt like the uh, the unofficial start of baseball season for us personally uh, is Fan Fest, and that's coming up on Friday. I know you and I will be doing a live show from three to five. We won't be out on the West Plaza. Uh, the The Fan Fest will be from four to ten at Lone Depot Park. We're going to tuck ourselves away inside the clubhouse, put together some good content. Uh, but four to ten on Friday, um, it's Fan Fest presented um by ADT it's going to be a fantastic fantastic night uh meet and greets interactive games fireworks and more get a free ticket marlins.com fan fest I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago Stephen uh your first fan fest I hope you're looking forward to it because I am as well it's really cool to see all the fans and a bunch of the players hanging out mingling and having a fun night
1: oh like you said I mean I usually felt like after the Super Bowl it was baseball time but now at the FanFest meet, you know, going there for the first time, I'm gonna feel it. You're around the guys, you're around the fans, you start to smell it, and um, I'm I'm super excited about this season. I think spring training is going to be very interesting. They've got a plethora of guys that are going to be fighting for positions. Mm-hmm. And um, just as far as just checking in with uh, these players, I mean, look, uh, we always talk about how good they are to us. The Jake burgers, the Tanner Scott's, the Luisa rises, the Jazzes, and I know I'm not naming everyone, the Lizardos. Yep. They're great guys to talk to and they uh, usually give us some good stuff. So um, I don't know if we want to unveil our guest list. We can probably confirm one, which is going to be live at FanFest, and that's going to be Skip Schumacher, the um, NL manager of the year. So it's, uh, I think, the first time that we're going to talk with Skip in the offseason. It is. So we're getting him at a good time. And um, And we've also requested Tanner
0: Scott and Jazz Chisholm Jr. Those two guys. Um, We are actually hoping to speak with on Thursday to put in the can for Friday. Thursday is the Marlins media day. We're going to try to chat with both of those guys. Guys that nobody's really heard from. Tanner Scott was unbelievable last season. And when Jazz with Health was healthy... We obviously know the impact that he can make on the field. So um, that's going to be a loaded two-hour show on Fox Sports 940 on Friday. It's going to wrap up our hot stove show season. Uh, we're not going to go dark for three weeks after that, I don't think. If, if there's news, you and I can kind of pop on. Absolutely. Instant reaction type podcast. Um, we can put that up. We're always kind of accessible, whether we're in person together or knock something out or th- whether we're over Zoom. So we're going to wrap up the hot stove show on Friday. But moving forward, and I think it's probably something that we should try to do throughout the course of the season. I know it's a long year, but if there is news that probably requires um, emergency 15 to 20 minutes of chatting about it instead yep. of trying to wiggle in and out of it during a game or a pregame show, it would probably behoove us to you know do that throughout the year. So we'll try to get in the habit of that as well and kind of be that outlet. And I know there's some great outlets that cover the team, but be an outlet for people to kind of get caught up on breaking news.
1: All right. Enough baseball for a second here, Kyle. Sure. You're back from what looked like an unbelievable vacation. Yeah. You are never a guy that actually takes vacation. Never, I've really only worked never with have. you for um, uh, not even a full year yet left. So tell me the tour of where you went in, sure. in Europe and uh, give us sort of the rundown. Sure. So I left on January 11th.
0: Um, I spent a night in Berlin, Germany. From there, I flew to Helsinki, Finland, where I spent a couple of days before I worked my way north to Rovaniemi which is right on the Arctic Circle in Finland. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about some of the stuff that I did in a second. But from Finland, I spent a couple of nights in Sweden. And then over the course of the last three days before I got home late last night, um, as I spent it in Tromsø, Norway, um, which is in terms of globally, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about North it's about as far north as you can go. And to my understanding, there's two indigenous tribes in the world that actually live in terms of, uh, I guess it would be longitude and latitude that actually live a little bit further north. But I went about as far north in the world as you could possibly go. It was insane. It was truly a trip of a lifetime. Um, In Finland, I went to Santa Claus's village, which people might be like, you know, that's lame. It was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced when you were younger. If you ever wrote a letter to Santa Claus and put it in the mailbox, that's where it went. That's where it goes. And wow. 30,000 letters a day beginning in November, which is even more amazing as they hire people to try to respond to some of them. And it's actually Santa Claus's village because when you're in Rovaniemi in Finland, when you step into the Arctic Circle, that's where Santa Claus's village is. So you're kind of stepping into that. His reindeer are there, the, the, the whole thing. Um, I went ice floating under the Northern Lights. I think. What I is ice floating? Is that literally what it so, sounds like? You're on a boat or something? Nope. You're literally laying in the water. Um. So if anybody's ever seen the show like Deadliest Catch on Discovery Channel, yep. you'll understand where I'm going with this. Yep. They wear these suits on the boat where in case they go overboard, they'll actually float in the Bering Sea. Okay, so we put on these suits that allow you to float in the water. So you would run, not run, I'm sorry. You would just get on a ladder. Yeah. Under the water, you would lay on your back and we floated in a lake under the northern lights. Wow. An amazing, amazing experience. Um, I went dog sledding in Rovaniemi. Um, One of the dogs that was at the Husky um, Park, there's like 100 Huskies there. Um, won the Iditarod race in 2019, three dogs on my sled, won which is what the idea, what, what the Iditarod, now, you didn't learn about the Iditarod in school no. growing up? No, no that's no. the, uh, that's the dog sledding race in Alaska every year. It's the premier okay. dog sledding race. Um, you know, very big deal. I had three dogs on my sled that won Europe's longest dog sledding race last year. Incredible animals, um, went snowmobiling in the forest and on the lakes of Sweden, I guess it was. I, I don't remember everywhere
1: I went. The pronunciation um, of some of these places are just, yeah. as always, on par for you. I cannot yes. I, I wouldn't even know how to start to spell some of those names. How cold are we talking there? It was at most most days. It was twenty to
0: twenty five below zero Fahrenheit. Wow. So did you have to be really careful with some of this yeah, stuff? Within I mean, reason, like... um, you just have to bundle up. You have to put on layers and layers and layers. It was insane. Um. I feel like there was, um, so the ice floating, dog sledding, snowmobiling, um, took a lot of flights, a lot of buses. Um, the culinary, the culture is insane. Yeah. Um, what it's was it it's very like? seafood heavy. Okay. Um, I grew up eating venison, which is deer back home, and I eat a lot of reindeer on this trip. Um, oh. that's the meat that they eat a lot of. There's a lot of fish, a lot of cod. Um, that, so the food is incredible. Um, where did I end up? I ended up in Norway. Um, I, I did like a sauna spot. Saunas over in Lapland. I did a trip called Lapland. That's the region. Finland, Sweden, and Norway. Lapland is the area. They are very much known for their saunas. Mm. Saunas and cold plunges. You should bring there. Rod there. Right. Exactly. So you go from the sauna and you hop into the water. Um, it's freezing cold. Literally, um, I was. I jumped into the Norwegian Sea.
1: I mean, it was, it was insane. Took a cable car to the top of a mountain. That was sick. You posted something on your Instagram story about the cable car. That yeah. was ridiculous. I mean that that was like out of a movie.
0: Yeah, the the scenery is simply incredible. Breathtaking. I I would say this and I I really don't mean this to sound cheesy and I have not done as much um in terms of vacationing or just visiting parts of the world that you know, I think people should see more of. There's no Better like experience for human beings than meeting other people and like trying to like get out of your bubble a little bit, Absolutely. And be a little bit more comfortable and yep. doing something that might be uncomfortable. Like traveling is the richest thing that you can do for yourself. Like it's the thing that costs you the most, but it'll make you richer. Seriously. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it is just, just to see people and cultures and the way people grew up and like indigenous tribes that have no idea really like about America and, you know, how spoiled we are over here. <laughs> um, it w- it, w- it really was incredible. So for me, trip of the lifetime, I will try to make it a point to travel more. I think everybody should. I think it's great for your mind and for your body. And um, yeah, insane. I'll try to post some more pictures. I have hundreds of pictures on my phone. I'll try
1: to put some on Instagram at some point, but um, it was yeah. incredible. I wouldn't encourage you know, everybody to travel. Uh, you know what is different about this trip is usually – And we're so lucky because we live in Miami. Every day is a green light. You traveled somewhere that is frigid and it's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when you go on vacation, at least growing up in, I know for you, New York and Jersey, for me, if we were going on vacation, it was somewhere tropical. It was somewhere with a beach. And I think it's very, it's mature to travel somewhere like Europe at this time and go all the way up to the northernest part of wherever you went and instead of just, you know, laying on a beach, which I know you don't even like to do, right. you're really just taking in the sights and the culture, which by hands down, by far, like when I went to Argentina, when I went to the Dominican Republic, the coolest part of it was the people and the culture yep. and realizing, yep. wow, like this isn't anything I have ever done before, experienced before, ate before. Yep. And you kind of live in this bubble, I think, here sometimes. Yep. Yep. And when you go out to these places, it's just
0: like, whoa, there you go. So take it for what it's worth. I would say after experiencing what I just did over the course of the last week and a half, the best gift you can give yourself is the gift of travel, travel. So you can do it. Um, everybody should try to do it again. I know that that requires, you know, some, a little bit of financial flexibility, but if you save up and you stop buying material things and you can travel and do something for yourself and experience new things. Uh, it kind of opens your mind to a lot of different, you know, things. That... And
1: it starts with gambling in the NFL playoffs. Here That's exactly right. So we'll <laughs> talk overs and unders
0: coming up on the show tonight. Uh, who's hot? Who's not? Who do you like? Uh, we'll do that coming up shortly. No, um, we have a terrific show tonight. Uh, Rachel Balkovec, the director of player development for the Miami Marlins, will join us in segment number two in Frankie Pillieri. Steven, you had a one-on-one conversation with him. He's coming up in segment three.
1: Yeah, uh, Frankie was great. And uh, I want to also thank our guests last week as well. You weren't here, but Gabe Kapler and Vinesh, Um, Canton was they they were awesome.
0: I thought they your interview awesome. with Vanesh was great. I was actually before I lost my AirPods on this trip, by the way, I left Ooh. with AirPods. I didn't come back with them, but I said I came back with a laptop, iPad, iPhone, password, wallet, yep. um, good health. Th- two arms, two legs. Uh, a little bit smarter, I said, I'll sacrifice, you know, $150 pair of headphones. But, um, you, um, you know, all right, now I have to tell you one other thing. Wherever I ahead. lost them, I lost them in Trumsa, which is in Norway, Okay, <laughs> like three days ago. Son of a gun. And I saw I don't know who picked them up, but I was following them on my find my thing. Oh man, uh, those like are somebody's gone. got them and they're walking away with them. What <laughs> am I supposed to do? Can I oh, find these things? Gosh. I just said forget about it. In fact, there's a there okay. I know we have to wrap up this segment. There's a feature on like iPhone. So find my. If you lose something, you can literally click on report as lost. That means if somebody picks them up and they put them in their ears, it's gonna say, These have been reported as lost. Please email Kyle.cloff at gmail.com. Yeah. That's them. great. Wow. I didn't you know, know what that. I left it on for about an hour. And I said, you know what? Give this guy. Yeah. I'm taking this off. Whoever it's has these things, yes. I hope you enjoy them. I don't even yep. want to think about this. It's your I'm donation. Responsible. So they're somewhere in Norway. Maybe they're in the sea. <laughs> Maybe somebody got petrified and chucked them. I have no idea. That is that. I had a great time. It's great to see you. We have a great show tonight. Let's take a break. We will have more on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show when we come back on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> Welcome back here on Fox Sports at 940 Miami and the iHeart Radio app with Stephen Schramm. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Second to last Miami Marlins hot stove show for you this off season and off season that may I say has blown by after what was an incredible 2023. We have turned the page to 2024. Uh, there's been a lot of news about the Marlins and I know the big one is that they have not yet signed a major league free agent. I understand, um, but I... Uh, I have said this, Stephen, and I know we're going to get to our interview with Rachel Balkovic in a second. Dude, I am so pumped up about the future and the direction of the franchise, and I mm-hmm. don't know if that's what people want to hear, but I can't tell you how excited I am. Like Every day, literally, I wake up, I'm like, dude, I just love what they're doing. This front office looks awesome. There's intriguing minds and people of all different backgrounds, and one of them, Rachel, will chat with in just a second. But dude, I'm just pumped. I really am. I, I don't, for what it's worth, I, I'm just pumped about the direction of this thing.
1: No, I I agree. I think everyone that we've talked to, you kind of and it's just hard for me to speak on it, Kyle. I don't want to come off as a homer because this is is my my going into my second season. So I haven't been long, you know, been here long enough to really comment on. I know you have and I know this is by far the most excited that you've been across your years of working for this organization. But yeah, I mean, talking to guys like Gabe and, um, you know, we got a chance to speak with Rachel today. It's really exciting and they all kind of have that I don't know what it is about all of them that I've interviewed and we've talked to. they all have that itch to like discover something new. Does that make sense? like they're they're, they're so open to like new ways to win and analytics and I think sometimes baseball can come off as rigid and vanilla. I, I think that everyone in this organization, is very much into what can we do that's different? Yes. And what can we do that's different that can almost become the norm? And I think that is really interesting. And, of course, just building it from the ground up. And I think Peter is big on that, and he did that in Tampa, and I think he's going to do that here in Miami. Final point, and I think where you're going with this as well, people's eyes
0: have lit up like, Ooh, like this is like a, a ball of Play-Doh and we're going to mold this thing. right? Like, Whoa, this is really cool. Not only do they it off a playoff appearance and at the big league level, they've got some dudes, but like, we're going to shape this thing the way we want it. We have an open book to do whatever we want. And there's a bunch of people that are new with one another that are coming together. And it's like, this is going to be awesome. Right. So Without further ado, let's send it to our interview with Rachel Balkovec, who was appointed the Miami Marlins Director of Player Development after coming off the last two seasons as the manager of the single-A Tampa Tarpons in the New York Yankees organization. Okay, well, our first guest on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight is uh, a new member, and I feel like we have said that with some frequency here this offseason as Peter Bendix um, builds out what is looking like an incredible front office in terms of the Baseball Operations Department. The Director of Player Development, Rachel Balkovec, joins us now on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Rachel, thank you for making making some time for us, and welcome to Miami. I assume uh, there's probably (laughs) a time you you probably didn't think you'd be hearing that.
2: Uh, um, I you never know what's going to happen in baseball. So I try to keep an open mind. Let, let me, let
0: me, let me start here, Rachel. I, I know people know of you. You are a trailblazer. You have done things in this game that other women have not done. Why Miami? Why stepping out of the dugout into a front office role to kind of get you to where you are right now?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, I, uh, this has been kind of the plan for a while for me. And so um I was a strength and conditioning coach for almost 10 years. And when I decided to leave that profession, I went back to school and got a second master's. And I kind of thought front office was going to be my path at that time. And that was five or six years ago. And then one of my mentors kind of roped me into being a hitting coach. And so took the, you know, put on the pants and got in the dugout. And I mean, I've been in the dugout actually for um, 10, 12 years, but, you know, obviously quite a different role. So got in the dugout as a, as a coach and then obviously a manager. Um, but front office has always been on my mind and player development it um, has really always been on my heart since I've gotten in the game. And so this is really a perfect role for me, you know, combining kind of my experience and my passion for developing players and specifically in the minor league system. Um, and then to answer the Miami part of your question, I think like what's really incredible and unique really about the situation is having Peter come in and then also Gabe come in myself and some other, you know, key people, there's a lot of us kind of starting fresh and new. um, And that can be a big advantage at times where there's no, you know, there's no preconceived notions about what, what it has been before or what baseball has done Mm. before. It's all kind of just a really blank slate for us personally, of just kind of getting a fresh perspective on what's going on inside the organization and, and where it could possibly go.
1: Hi, Rachel. Steven Strom here. Thank you again for carving out time. Um, what resonated other than just the fresh, clean slate uh, with this group, with Peter Bendix? Right.
2: So with Miami, I just think I'm very excited and I'm not fully educated, so I don't want to say anything that I'm, you know, I don't want to give any opinions that are not fully formed yet. But I think what's super exciting about this team in particular is obviously the, you know, the year, like the year they had last year and, and the run they made and the leadership from Skip has just been really fun to watch from the outside looking in. And so to be a part of that, um, obviously, that's a really looking at the major league side. But really what's going on in, in player development and some of the especially exciting arms that are um, in the system and coming up and, and what we're able to do with the, developing them. So I think specifically the system and the major league team and what kind of the excitement that's been building um, is definitely fun to kind of jump in and be a part of that and hopefully build on it.
0: I think it's important to ask you this, too, Rachel. You're the director of player development. What does that mean? What do you do?
2: That's good. Great question. Um, You guys may or may not know it, but there's definitely plenty of people out there that don't know it. Even great baseball fans kind of may not know the full extent of the minor league system. And so my job is really to oversee everything going in, in the minor league system, which is much larger than people think. So we actually have two teams that are operating fully out of the Dominican Republic. And those are our youngest Latin American international signs that start when they're age 16 um, and then we also have two teams operating out of our spring training complex year round. So people come to spring training and probably don't know that there's um, 60 plus players that are going to be training and, and playing there um, throughout the entire year. And then we also have four full season affiliates. So that's the, the things that people know. So AAA, AA, and and two single A teams. So there's actually anywhere from six to eight teams in every single minor league system, which is a lot of people and a lot of staff and coaches and and things to think about. And so my job is to oversee and evaluate everything that's going on within player development, which is coaches, nutrition staff, uh, players themselves. And so it's really just quite a few people um, to come together and create this incredible system and pipeline for talent to hopefully play in the big leagues for the the Marlins one day.
1: I don't want to get too deep into this question, but when you take a job like this, are you more process oriented or are you more goal oriented where it's like by the end of however long this takes if you can achieve this this and that you know you've done a great job or you feel like you've done you know your job well or is it more about the process with you
2: I think process has always been who I've been as a person you know um, even in my own career and what I've done and focusing on what I can control in that moment and focusing on the smaller goals has always been really productive for myself personally, but also in general, just with research, you know, and understanding how humans function, you know, the, for example, with a player, um, Hey, Hey, you 16 year old Latin American player, your goal is to make it to the big leagues. That could be seven years from now. Right. That can get really easily lost and forgotten about, and you can lose motivation. But if I give you a small goal right now to accomplish, that's a part of that process, then you're gonna be much more likely to see that right in front of your face and to really push for it. And so that's just really like a personal philosophy of mine and how I've applied it to my own life, but also how I see it working really well with players um, and staff alike. So I think process oriented is definitely where I personally would kind of you know lean to.
0: Rachel Balkovac joining us on the Miami Marlins hot stove show tonight. Um, Rachel, you're a trailblazer in this game. It's something that you should be very, very proud of. And I'm sure you are. And I've asked some other women this that we've interviewed over the last couple of years or so, because it's very much still in its infancy women being welcomed in baseball. And that's just the the facts. And it's as bizarre as that sounds. It's still a thing. I'm curious if you, you know, you were always Rachel Balkovac, the first female manager, right? Do you, do you like, that female title in front of it? Do you like being a trailblazer or do you just want to be Rachel Belkovic, the Miami Marlins director of player development?
2: I just, um, there are days, you know, where I just, I just want to do that and not have anyone ask me about it, but there's more days where I I just feel the really, really um, important responsibility of being, you know, the female, whatever you know, whatever it was. First, it was female strength coach. Then it was female hitting coach. Then mm-hmm. it was female manager, and um, that's fine because I know that there are still, still, there's still so many young girls that have never heard of me who don't believe in themselves, who don't know that they can do something like this. And I think it is important to, in some ways, be an, an outward-facing idea for young women. And I, I know it's important because I had those people for for myself in different ways. Um, And so there's also that really important responsibility that I enjoy most days um, of being, you know, the trailblazer version of myself, but there's also just the, you know, the person who just goes to work every day. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes it might be nice, but actually more often than not, I really appreciate and um, don't take that lightly, you know,
0: We've got a couple of more minutes with Rachel on the Miami Marlins hot stuff show. Stephen, go ahead. If you
1: have something. Yeah. Yeah. Just with player development, I think it's so interesting. Like, when you get a guy or just um, so, just anyone in general, what is that process like? Are you talking to X to now have kind of like an idea of how you're going to create or try to tailor his game to a certain way? Do you have your own process? Is it a mixture of both? I know it's, again, probably a into weeds of a kind of question, but I'm just interested in just knowing that process.
2: No, that's where I would really rely heavily on the coaches, you know? And so this is, you know, I I was a coach, obviously, but... Now I'm taking a step into a seat where I'm able to hopefully guide and and assist and coach the coaches and let them do their jobs. And so Mm -hmm. the process for them is, you know, we get a player in, we do a a list of evaluations that I won't bore you with, but we would evaluate that player um, using the resources that we have and then create a development plan for that player. And that's going to look a lot different from, again, our Latin American players who are 16 in the Dominican Republic to our AA free agent sign that we get who may have had a different background and different teaching prior to that. And so it's really all over the map and it takes a huge team of people. And it's just something that I am going to heavily rely on our coaches to implement really clear processes and player development plans for, for each guy in the system.
0: Rachel, I've got two more for you. And I was yeah. thinking about this. You were hired last week. Are, <laughs> are you drinking out of a fire hose? Cause I'm thinking if somebody gave me, you know, Santa's good and naughty list of 350 different people, I'd be like, you know what? I'm okay. It's January. Spring training is next month. 350 players. What am I supposed to do? Like, where have you begun? And I know the baseball operations staff is new. It must be like the first day of school. Like, what are you doing right (laughs) now? What are your days looking like? This is crazy.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit like the first day of school. Um, That's a great question. A great catch because it is, it's late in the off season. You know, typically there's tons of stuff going on um, at winter meetings in December. There's tons of like, there's more time to get things done when you're hired in October. And to be honest with you, it's just part of the, it's part of the fun puzzle I get to solve, you know, and I'm definitely, I'm, it'd be as if I was standing under Niagara Falls and (laughs) drinking under Niagara Falls. Um, So there's quite a few things happening right now. But there's only so many hours in the day and, you know, I try to sleep a couple of them and just really get through everything that I can get through within that day and try to honor the staff who've been here waiting, you know, for leadership to come in and to get things moving. And so just really try to be there for them as much as I can. And it is late in the game, but also this is, this is the first week of of hopefully many, many, many weeks. So trying to keep that in mind as well.
0: And Rachel, my, my last question for you, you know, I, I would ask you how important spring training is, but that seems too obvious, right? I mean, this is an opportunity for you to meet a lot of different people and watch, but what will spring training look like for you? Are, are you in a golf cart every day sitting behind a right field <laughs> fence where nobody really sees you evaluating? Are you very hands-on? I, I guess you won't be in uniform, I guess, as the director of player development, but like, what does the next two months look like for you as you get your feet wet here with this organization?
2: Um, Another great question. I, I, I don't know if I'll be in uniform or not. I think that I might put on a uniform sometimes. Like I definitely you'll definitely nice. see me on the field, whether that's just something as simple as shagging BP or it's jumping in to feed a machine to help out the, the coaches or whatever it is. Like I think that you'll definitely see me on the field. And that's been really it's it's been who I've been for 12 years, you know, on field working with players. And um I, I don't think that'll change totally, nice. but there's just different responsibilities. But I would imagine you won't see me on a golf cart hanging out hanging back i think i'll be in there with the guys you know just really getting to know them and even if again something as simple as just picking up balls in the outfield and and helping people out and being a part of the team
0: that's awesome rachel thank you so much um welcome to miami i'm sure you've heard that plenty (laughs) over the last seven to ten days Uh, I look forward to meeting you in person and not over Zoom here. And best of luck to you. I'm super excited about what this baseball operations department looks like. There's so many new faces, different intriguing minds, and you guys have a lot, a ton of experience in the game. So congratulations to you. Thank you for the time. Best of luck moving forward. And we'll chat with you soon. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Let's wrap it up. And we'll do it in three, two, one. Okay, that was our interview with Rachel Balkovac, and thank you again to Rachel for taking some time to join us on this Tuesday. Uh, you know, prior to serving as the first full-time manager in the uh, the Yankees system and affiliated baseball history, she spent 2021 as the hitting coach for the Florida Complex League Yankees. She was a member of the American League coaching staff at the Sirius XM Futures game that summer. Uh, that's a really interesting individual, a trailblazer, Stephen. Thrilled
1: to get a chance to chat with her and thrilled to see what she'll do moving forward. The resume is insane, and yep. i i i didn't i didn't have a chance to ask her this, Kyle. But there's this great story that someone I forget who someone wrote it where, you know, she was applying to different jobs with the name Rachel, yep. and her sister gave the suggestion to change her first name to Ray. Yep. and she changed it to Ray. And she got just flooded with interviews and they would call and she would answer and they'd be like, Oh, where's Ray? Is is Ray there? Can I speak with your husband, whatever it may be? Yep. And it just uh it shows her experience and her education, the master's degrees. I mean, I thought you were I thought you were only allowed to get one. It's crazy. So um you well, deserved. keep that in mind. Yeah. I, yeah Why don't we start so. with the
0: first one before you get your second?
1: Yeah, I guess so. But um, wow, just really impressed and really excited that she's in Miami.
0: It's insane, by the way. It wasn't that long ago she was going by a male's name to try to get a job in this game. I know. It is still extremely tough and it's wrong that it's that way, but it's changing. And she's the reason, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons now in our game that that is changing. Uh, congratulations to Rachel. Uh, we, again, thank her for joining us on the Miami Marlins Hot Soap Show and thrilled about uh, her presence now in Miami and see what she can do moving forward. So let's take a break. Uh, we've got another terrific interview. It's a one-on-one with Stephen Strom and Frankie Pillieri, the director of amateur scouting, when we come back on the Miami Marlins Hot Soap Show on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeart. Welcome back to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. We are quickly approaching the 2024 season, and that means that single game tickets are on sale now from dog lovers to brunch enthusiasts. We've got your bases covered. Learn more at marlins.com slash offers Caribbean series. Kevin up. You can get yourself involved uh, by, by by going to marlins.com slash SDC monster jam. Uh, You can get text message updates. You can do it all. Go to marlins.com. Take a look, peruse around, hang out on the website. There's a ton to do. uh, And this is an exciting time of year. Baseball quickly approaching. Now, Our next guest is Frankie Pillieri. He comes from the Seattle Mariners organization. Another gentleman recently hired by Peter Bendix and his crew here in Miami. And, Stephen, you had an opportunity to catch up with him one-on-one.
1: Yeah, Kyle. Frankie was awesome, and he's got a real unique story Six seasons with Seattle, like you said, but started as a writer, as like a contributor on Perfect Game and these different writing websites, got his big break with Seattle, spent six seasons there. He comes to Miami, had an awesome conversation and um, another interesting dude. So without further ado, let's throw it to Frankie on why Miami was the right choice at uh, this time in his career and um, what excites him the most. Frankie Polari, he's the new Marlins Director of Amateur Scouting, and he comes over from the Seattle Mariners, where he spent six seasons in their scouting department. He joins us now on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Frankie Stevenstrom here. Welcome to Miami. Thanks for making the time. How's everything going today? So far, so good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've got quite the story. I mean, you've done a ton of different things, a plethora of things uh, as far as baseball goes. Uh, Scouting, you were a writer at some points, an analyst. Give us your journey, when it started and why it started um, in baseball.
3: Yeah, it's been a bit of a winding road, but I'm proud of the story for sure. For as long as I can remember, I knew I wanted to break down and analyze baseball players in some form. I didn't know what it was going to be to start out with. So I started writing. I started putting thoughts down. I started trying to see if anyone would take notice eventually somebody did a little bit. I got paid a little bit to write and then eventually got paid a little bit to scout. And I I went back and forth between those two paths for a bit. Uh, Seattle really was the one that opened the door for me the widest to really sink my teeth into it. I did get a great start with Texas back in the day, did that, actually started um, scouting indie ball players, which is about as big of a challenge as you could have, kind of trying to dig something out of there, but went back and wrote for a bit. But Seattle was really the kind of thing that changed for me and uh, I owe Tom Allison a lot, who was the VP of scouting at the time, really gave me the opportunity to test the waters and a lot of different things and find out what I was good at. It kind of all launched from there, got to do the advanced stuff and got to go back and be, be part of the draft room there. So a lot of different intertwined experiences
1: that got me here today. Frankie, we we have to get into the man cave. I know for the people that are listening to this over the radio, uh, he has quite the man cave set up behind him. Uh, we will get to that later because we got to go through the serious questions first, Frankie. <laughs> um, just six seasons in Seattle. Why was it the right time to come to Miami?
3: Yeah, it was. It was not easy. I'll start with that because I was very comfortable with Seattle with the people, relationships there, and it was it was a special place to me for that reason. Because a lot of people that gave me opportunities gave me opportunities right. to you learn You tend things. to be loyal there. Yeah. And it's people that were adjacent to me, above me, analysts in that office that sort of like opened the game up to me in a lot of ways. Because until I got to Seattle, most of my experience was just sort of self-taught, being at the ballpark, scouting. Once I got there, I was surrounded by really, really smart, bright people with varied backgrounds. And it was just it was kind of a playground for me to ask questions sure. and I really enjoyed that. And so that, that was tough. But to me, the, the Miami, Miami opportunity, obviously the opportunity to run a draft room, be a director is a great opportunity, but it had to also be the right spot for me. And just a lot of the things that Peter was talking about and the things that seem to be valued here right now were, were appealing to me. Cause I scouting is a puzzle to me and it's, it's never going to be fully solved but I love the idea of chasing it and trying to get as close as we can. And that was really what was appealing to me is because I think there's kind of a, a really good jumping off point to do that here.
1: What were some of Theo's values that you and Peter saw eye to eye on? I think mainly that scouting can be
3: not necessarily reinvented, but reimagined, re-envisioned because it's something that it lends itself to, to become, it's a very, it's a very, it's an old institution in a lot mm. of ways. And, and that's not a bad thing. I came up under a lot of those people, you know, that trained me and mentored me. But I think it's the teams that if you're constantly rethinking and reiterating, maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's a better way to pursue evaluating a player. That's what really appeals to me. People that are sort of obsessed with the idea of never being done with the concept of breaking down an amateur player. Because it's one of the hardest things in baseball, probably one of the hardest things in sports to figure out at 18 to 21 years.
1: Frankie Polari with us now. He's the new Marlins director of amateur scouting. Yeah, let's dive deep into the scouting because there's so many different ways that you can look at a player. What is sort of, um, what is sort of your way to to look at a player and just, I guess, give us a a little bit of that day to day and and how your job kind of runs. Yes,
3: yeah, so especially in my chair that I'm in now, it is very much a balance of of process and actually scouting the player, and I I look at it as there are two parts of the year, essentially. There's information gathering, and then you get down to the decision. And it's something I I preached to our guys in the field. I'm starting to do that here, where it's, let's not try to put the decision before the information gathering. It's a long year, and sometimes in some players' cases, years that we're gathering information. It's very important, it sounds cliche to say, to just be meticulous, take our time, be adjustable, because we're dealing with players that change constantly. They're changing in life. We started watching them when they're 16 and 21, 22, they're evolving constantly. So we need to be pretty adjustable and nimble in the way we're evaluating. So I preach a lot of things that are very methodical in the way we scout. Um, Sometimes obviously you have to go into a ballpark and make a decision on a player, but try to always try to balance those two things. Let's gather all the info and when we get down to it, we're going to have a lot of intense, hard conversations about how to break down all the different lenses that exist in scouting now, but taking our time to get there because we do have time. It's, it's the luxury we do have. We might as well use it. And I, I believe pretty strongly in a lot of different opinions and I, I push our, I'm going to push our scouts here to be bold in your opinions. Cause we're going to arrive at something in aggregate at the end that I think we're going to be pretty happy with, but yep. we have to be aggressive on these guys and throw our dart. What are some of the green lights in a player for you? You know, we value makeup pretty strongly because like, I think you think about the journey that a baseball player has to go through. It, it is very different than a lot of other sports. It is, you know, something I'll often say to a player heading into the draft because oftentimes we have a chance to interview them at the combine or somewhere else is kind of shedding some light of what their early life is going to be like in minor league baseball. It's sometimes there's nobody watching. It's really hot, whether it's Florida or Arizona. It's not that glamorous at the outset. And maybe for the first time in their lives, they're going to struggle. Even, you know, the Bryce Harper's of the world, at some point it's going to happen. And how ready are are they going to be when that moment comes is a big, big part of it. Because for the most part, especially the players that I'm seeing at the top of the draft, they have the requisite tools. They, they're athletic. They have power arsenals if they're a pitcher, but what we can find out about them are how ready are they Mm. when those challenges come up, I think is a really, really big part of it. And it, I think all scouting directors will tell you that, but it's it really can't be overstated because they're going to fail, they're going to struggle. What happens when they do?
1: Thank you, Perry, with us now, the new Marlins director of amateur scouting. Uh, a couple more left with you, and then we'll lighten this thing up. Um, just with, um, I think as a as a scout, you you have certain phrases. I'll, I'll just give you like Skip Schumacher is constantly talking about. Uh, He hates when guys say, you know, this guy is a finished product, right? He never believes that you're a finished product. You can always improve. You can always get better. You can always dig deeper. Do you have any of those things, how you look at a player or any of those sayings that kind of have stuck with you throughout your time in baseball?
3: You know, it's funny. Like I think about, I think about the term ceiling or upside quite a bit and the different interpretations of that term. I think in a lot of ways it can come from a lot of different places. I really like the term if it's used properly because I think a lot of times it's naturally associated with everybody with big tools and they can really run and they're athletic. That has upside, that has ceiling. Sometimes ceiling comes from unusual places. Uh, I think about, you know, a player like Jose Ramirez probably when he was first coming up through the system, like you don't necessarily look at him and see a toolsy, super athletic looking player, but, he probably outplayed a lot of the projections that people had on him coming up through because the hit tool was so potent. And there were probably certain tools that were underestimated. So that's one that pops into my head quite often is because I think it can can come from so many different avenues. The idea of ceiling or upside or potential, the different ways that dials can be turned to make players that are at the outset prospects that turn them into something even better than we thought.
1: Very good. All right, let's get away from baseball for a second here. Just yeah. things that you like to do in your free time, TV shows, favorite foods, hobbies. Give us something that we can play off, Frankie.
3: Oh, like I think anybody who knows me, I'm I'm sort of a movie quote guy. Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I think I've joked to my wife and friends at times that half of my vocabulary and phrasings that I'll say are probably some version of a Seinfeld quote. But that uh, that kind of is the it's kind of the heart of my humor <laughs> for the most part.
1: Very good. All right, I really appreciate the time, Frankie. Great, you know, great to have you good luck this season. I'm excited to meet you in person and thank you again for carving out time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Terrific interview, Stephen,
0: um, with Frankie. That was awesome to, to hear from Frankie. And again, I know we, we hashed this out last segment after chatting about Rachel, there are so many new faces, names, ideas, Yep. different organizations coming together in Miami. I know that so many fans are singularly focused on the major league team and I was that way and I still am that way because I'm a fan of the game. Right. A lot of people care about what's happening in double A and triple A. Are they winning in the big leagues? But it's this is a this is, you know, a results driven business. But in order to get those results, it's got to start internally. And these folks, they know what they're doing. They're going to, I think they're going to build something really special. I really do. So that was a great interview, by the way.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, and yes, the Marlins know that they need to build this from the ground up. And, um, they, they know about all the rankings in the farm system. They know that the infrastructure needs to get a little bit stronger. And that starts from the ground up. So, um, I think everyone kind of has that same vision. And, uh, I think fans just understand that, um, that's how this stuff works. You can't just win from the top. You got to win from within. And it starts with not even the minors do just like the drafting, yeah. the international signings. And that is the point of emphasis. I think in the off season, I know it's been frustrating for fans. I get it that there hasn't been a free agent signing, but if you still look at the team, I mean, again, I, I, I reiterated this. You get Josh Bell back, you get five of your, your best hitters back. You have an awesome pitching staff and opportunity to grow there. I don't know. And you got some great relievers out of the bullpen and you got the NL manager of the year coming back. Yeah. If that doesn't excite you, you know, I don't, that's entirely up to you. I'm certainly excited about 2024. And all of
0: that guarantees nothing, but it's a great foundation. Um, And it took me a long time to understand as a fan of the game, it's the stuff you don't care about as a fan that gets you where you want to be. Yep. Right. And that is Frankie and Rachel and Peter and Gabe Kapler, Vinesh, all those folks that you'll you'll never think about within reason again until the draft rolls around. Right. And there's somebody that in that area is responsible for that. Or, you know, the young kid in single A you never heard of and Rachel and her team are going to be responsible for making that kid a big leaguer. It's the stuff that you don't care about as a fan that is vitally critical and important to big league success so all these folks that we've had an opportunity to chat with really over the last two weeks um, are, are are going to be critical in the success of the franchise moving forward so let's take one final break here on the Marlon Totstove stove show we'll wrap things up this is our penultimate miami marlin Hot stove show this off season and we'll wrap it up in just a moment again we'll be back with you on friday but uh one more segment on the hot stove show when we come back on fox sports 940 miami and the iheart Back with you for just a couple of minutes on the Miami Marlin Talk Stove show with Stephen Strom. I'm Kyle Seeloff. We've got one more special edition of the Marlin Talk Stove Show coming your way on Friday, three to five, live from Lone Depot Park. Uh, you won't see Stephen and I. We'll be in the bunker now. We've got uh we won't be out there mingling with the fans. There'd simply be too many. Uh, that we we would lose, uh, focus and concentration. So, you know, we need to stay inside uh, our star power in this town. We need to be, That's it. bundled up. Yeah. With security. Now we wanted to go outside and be with the people, they said, we simply can't do it. We don't have enough Patron Todd said, no. Yeah. They, they, they simply said we don't have enough we don't have enough staff to make sure you guys are okay out there in the West Plaza. So, um, no, we're actually going to be inside. We've got, uh, we're hopeful to get Tanner, Scott, and jazz Chisholm, Jr. Uh, skip Schumacher will join us live again, three to five. On Friday, which is fan fest, four to ten PM. It's gonna be awesome. I'm
1: gonna breeze through Love It or Leave It. Is it fine? Can we end oh, on Love it? I was Love gonna it or ask you if if you had a if if we wanted to do uh, Love I am one hundred percent gonna do Now it. will
0: we'll you be ready for right more
1: now. Love It or Leave It on Friday? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. It's time for Love It or Leave It. Yes. But yes. Out the door. real right. quick. These are real quick, quick hitters. Okay. Um Jake Berger's wife, Ashlyn, posted on Twitter that That's he's, he's going to we come off. Go ahead. He's going to come off to his walk-up song, to the cover of War Pigs by T-Pain. Love it or leave it. I have I have no idea what that song is. I'm sorry, so I War guess Pigs I love it. War by Black Sabbath? No? I, I guess I love it. I guess, you,
0: I guess you love it, yeah. If he produces, uh, I love it. If he doesn't, we're going to get that changed quickly. Love it or leave it, Gabe Kapler's TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but I, I think <laughs> I see on. some of it. I see some of it. It's... It's funny. He does something with Vinaysh. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Yes. About I think
0: condiments
1: on on food. If I wasn't mistaken, the, and they didn't like but an their, elevator. But
0: their handle is like, it's like a like a debate thing or a voting thing, right? Yes. Like
1: yes, yes. Dude, his TikTok is great. The Irish goodbye, of course, that was the big one that we talked to him about, and then he did one about uh, the GPS. And if it says it's ten minutes to drive, and it's fifteen minutes to walk. If you just start to speed walk a little bit, it just equals out the driving. And that was his big point. Okay. That's interesting. I I love it.
0: I, You know, it. is Gabe... Listen, if he's going to do that in July and August, I'm oh, not going to see him, man, because he's going to be yeah. in a puddle of sweat. So I know he is. Uh, Gabe, I know you're listening to this. I know you've listened to every single one of these. Uh, may I suggest hopping in the car in July and August and just working out on the treadmill in the morning? Because, buddy, you ain't making it to the depot in july dude i live right like here i remember that
1: yankee series i had you pick me up i was like I, I mean i i was walking to work and i was sweating bullets so good luck to gabe kapler all right love it or leave it louisa rise uh ranked fourth on mlb network's top 10 second basemans right now
0: top five is good i love it again i think, he's think it's a good inter- spot he's, right he's an interesting player we've talked about that he he's very interesting he you know i I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't I don't mean anything good or bad by that. He, he he's a he's a fascinating player to me in today's game. He's an old school player that maybe analytically in today's game people would be like, yeah, you know, he hits three fifty, but we need more, right? It's weird. Bets
1: Bets Altuve and Simeon were in front of him, which I think is is right. fair, right? We, I think that's, that's what that's...
0: a unicorn he is. So now he's one of the best now he's a second baseman.
1: It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy.
0: Um, by the way, I, I've been um. I've been very, um, I've been very worked up since two weeks ago. What would your walk-up song be? I know I wasn't reciprocating the love it or leave it questions. I want to see Stephen what your walk-up song would be.
1: Oh man, you got to give me some time. You can't throw me on the. Spot well, this is like love it or leave it. You just think of a song real quick. Remember, I would text you what I would. I think I've texted you a couple of times, like what I would come out to if I was closing the ninth inning. Right. Um, I, I, you know, right now, what would be my walk-up song? I gotta go through my playlist real quick. All right, my most yeah. recent. Hold on, my most recent okay. songs here. Um, there's just a couple, man. I think it's different. Like Bryce Harper does it, where he gets a different song, like ninth inning versus sixth inning. Like I like that. Uh huh. Um,
0: it's kind of like the pregame show. You'll have a different song for. A oh, second, I love it. Then,
1: you know, as you start to wrap things up. I will answer this on Friday. Can you give me until Friday? Because I want to give you a, a, a good answer. Yes, sir.
0: It's been nice to see you. Thank you for your time nice this evening. Too. And I'll see you on Friday. Absolutely. That's it for another episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Steven and I will be back with you on Friday, 3 to 5, right here on your home for Marlins Baseball, Fox Sports, 940 Miami, and the iHeartRadio app. Good night.